welcome back to What's She Watching Podcast. This is Shelly. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Andra. We're glad to have you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're we're glad we're back. We missed a week there <laughs> and um both nearly Boy. died, I guess. <laughs> yes. I mean it felt that way. We um I guess we we should just tell our story. You know, last time we potted, we talked about the concert we're going to. Yes, so excited because Andrea yes. and Lena and the dogs. Yep. VIP guests. Came. Yes, yes. They all came and we went to the Granada Theater. Yeah. In Dallas. Yes. To see Grace Potter. Grace Potter. And, and Brittany Spencer. Brittany Spencer. Mm-hmm. Howard. Um, yeah, I Brittany tagged her Spencer. as Brittany Howard and I'm sorry. Well, Brittany I said Spencer. Brittany Howard and I was corrected by that like super fan of Brittany Spencer that yes. was in front of us. Yes. We had a blast at the concert. It was great. It was we great ate some Potter. Amazing food. Oh, that food was awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, Grace that, Potter was, uh, her energy is mm, insane. She belongs in the 70s. I feel like, yes. like, I feel like watching her on stage is watching like an icon perform, uh-huh. like somebody that would have been back uh-huh. in the day where you say, like, Oh, I wish I could have seen like Janis Joplin in person. She has Janis Joplin vibes. Yes. Like she just lets herself go mm-hmm. to this crazy artistic creative place yes. and does not Mm-mm. care yeah. about anything. And it's very empowering to watch that so kind empowering. of energetic force happening on the stage. So sexy. So, so empowering. Yeah. Like, All while she's uh, singing in perfect pitch. Yes. Sitting down, <laughs> taking was... off her boots. Yes. Like, I can't even talk and walk at the same time. <laughs> I know. I and know. this woman is just like this crazy art form. She, that's a great term. She has, a, she has this art form up on stage. That like, you know, I think everybody kind of lost their minds a little bit. I don't know if you felt in the audience, like, oh, yeah. did you hear the random screams, you know, like oh, yeah. she's like Elvis and or the, something. I was telling my mom, I'm like, this audience was so unique because you go to a concert and you expect it to be millennials and younger. Yes. Probably mostly Gen Z. I yes. took Claire to a concert a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I was one of the oldest people there. <laughs> And that is not an exaggeration. I and believe I it. Felt my mortality <laughs> yes. in that place. Here, yes, it's an it odd... was very mixed, very mm-hmm. chill, laid out vibe. Yeah, a lot of boomers, a lot of yes. millennials. Yeah, you've got a fusion. Like it's just, and the the group is so yep. positive, and everybody's like super excited to be yep. there. Yeah, I don't know. It was a really cool experience. Yes. I don't it know if was. I started feeling bad there. I don't know. <laughs> it was <Ooh>. like. <laughs> <laughs> well, saying all that, like it was a grand experience. But then quickly after, mm-hmm. um, you know, we made it home. I was telling Shelly, I started coughing on our way home on Sunday. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just allergies. But then went to work on, on Monday and just started progressively feeling it. Yeah progressively just feeling worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Dana, same way. And then you texted Monday and you were like, hey, friend, how are you feeling? <laughs> like, actually, 
I was like, hey, I'm in the ER. How are you feeling? And I was like, yeah, I was like, in the ER. Uh, <laughs> My yeah. fever was so high. I had like oh. 102. Yes. I was not feeling well. Um, I took some Motrin and it yes. helped. Yeah. But oh my God. Oh, One day, yeah. it, I think it hit all of us like a ton of bricks. It did. So um, I went and got, I finally went to the clinic on, I don't remember what day that was, Wednesday. Maybe Wednesday. I don't know because the days were together. Like They did. Yes. Finally went and. Of course, she's like, yep, you got flu A, flu A. I'm like, no way. I told the doctor. She's like, have you been exposed to anything? And I was like, well, we were at a concert um, Yep. Saturday. And she goes, oh, okay. Um, she was like, funerals, weddings, and concerts. You're mm. going to like high probability right now. She's like, flu is just rampant right now. Isn't that wild? Um, the places yes. like yes, all these. Well, ex- with the exception of funerals, I was about to say all these joyous celebrations. <laughs> yes, they're joyous. Yes, weddings depending on who died. <laughs> yeah, it could be a joyous celebration for some people. Depending on yes, <laughs> I know that's a terrible thing to say. No, um, <laughs> yeah. So we. We missed a week potting with you fine people and yes. we're back and I apologize for a possible cough here and there that might happen. I can't get rid of it, Shelly. I will be coughing. I yes. have already coughed. Yeah. That tickle, <coughs> that doesn't there go away. Go. Yes. So I will yeah. do my best not to, but um, I, I, I just go ahead and apologize because I will be coughing. Yeah, me too. Here. Me too. I've got my my tea right here. Um, I have almost finished it already, so we'll see how we'll see if it helped or not. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that was our experience, um, listeners. But we're back, and I couldn't wait to like get back to like some sort of normalcy and get back to potting. Like me too. I feel like the universe has like slapped us a little bit with getting back on track with potting with just different things since the beginning of the year. It's been a little bit of a pain. Yep. But we will persist. We are persisting. Nevertheless, she persisted. persisted. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. So. So we're we're um we're excited to talk about a couple other Oscar nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, we had hoped to have you know more time to talk mm-hmm. about more movies, but you know As, we're going to talk yeah. about a couple of great ones here, mm-hmm. and that's not to say we won't have another Oscar month later we will. We because will. there's so many to talk about. There is. Um, but Andrea, what? What are some things you watched while convalescing this past week? (laughs) Oh, Lordy. You know, when you watch things in kind of a flu haze, it's like, what did Mm -hmm. I watch? Okay. I know that we finished Fargo season three. Like we, we did all that. Um, That was the Ewan McGregor season. Yes. Ewan McGregor playing brothers. Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Carrie Coon, uh-huh. 
Uh, I love Carrie Coon. I just love her. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, thoroughly enjoyed it again. Like I've liked every season of Fargo so far. I, you know how it automatically plays. So when we got done with it, it started mm-hmm. playing the next season and it, we just were like, okay, we got to like take a Fargo break and we'll get back mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Um, it's a heavy yeah. show. It is very it's heavy. It's really good. Yes. It's like, it's like you watch a drama and you're into it and you're invested in it, mm-hmm. either a drama or a thriller or something really intense. And it's like you need a palate cleanser for just a little yes. bit. Yep. Yep. A comfort exactly. show. Exactly. Yes. Um, I like, I don't know how I'm going to rank the seasons yet, but I feel like season two has been my favorite so far. I really um, like season two. I like season one and I like season, season two. Yeah. Um, I loved season five, the most current one. So that's. I'm trying uh, to get through four right now. Are you, are you liking it? Do you recommend yeah, season I'm four? I'm liking yep. it. It's a different story and I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out how all the pieces come together. Uh, Cause you know how these are. Yes. There's always yep. six it's different moving parts and you're it's like. A puzzle piece. Yeah some things are starting to come together and you're just like, okay, where does that lead? It's great. Yes. Yes. It's a slow burn. I feel like they do, they do a great job on each of the seasons, just unraveling the, um, Mm -hmm. how does this all connect? Um, yeah. So we watched that. Um, we started Mr. And Mrs. Smith on prime. What do you think? Four episodes in, um, I don't know yet. I like it. I like it. It's just different. Uh-huh. It's different than what I thought it was going to be. Um, I like Donald Glover and I like Maya mm-hmm. Erickson uh, a lot. Like yeah. 15 is one of my favorite Me comedies. Too love her. Yes. I love that show. It's sometimes hard, like watching her and, and uh-huh. I know this is terrible, but watching her in a normal role sometimes well i'm just 15. waiting for her to have that bowl cut i know which is <laughs> yeah. the best haircut of all time it was it just that was us andra we were those girls I know. we like, need to do it i really we were so hard with that show <laughs> i do too and i don't want to i don't either but we were those girls <laughs> <laughs> total weirdos uh, total weirdos but the coolest right come on obviously obviously <laughs> uh if y'all haven't watched pin 15 out there um y'all audience need to really check it out it's uh, it is hilarious you have to have a very like silly sense of humor yes. and be able to appreciate <laughs> yes. that it's them <laughs> acting like their younger selves. They're adult really actors playing acknowledging and, and mocking it. Yes. Because <laughs> it's like, yes, we were that cringy. We were. And women they, everywhere, elder yep. millennials are like, oh, preach on sisters. <laughs> uh, 
they got it so right the just junior high girl experience they did it's so fantastic Definitely do. It's so stupid. So stupid. It's a little bit gross at times. I mean, uh-huh. everybody's gross in junior high. Yeah. Um, I that just outrageous. Just it's so great. Anyway, yes, you said it best. You gotta have like a pretty silly sense of humor to enjoy it or appreciate it. I think I don't know. It's, you do have to have a silly sense of humor. And it's like what you also got to understand, they're the only adults playing, mm-hmm. but they're playing as if they are 13 they're, years old. Yes. But all the other actors yes. are 13 years are old. Are actually 13 years old. <laughs> it's great. It's genius. It's, it's genius. genius. And I really think like as silly as it was, it had heart and it was able to capture like some of those moments of adolescence that are like heartbreaking, like things that your parents are going through and how that affects you yeah. and just like the whole thing. Yeah. They like captured it. Um, they did a really good job of having like that kind of heart, you yes. know, emotional attachment, but also, you know, just showing those insanely awkward moments where you're like, yes. seriously, <laughs> how more awkward could you get? I know. I know. It's great. I died. Like, I don't think I've laughed as hard in a show than Pin 15. I remember the band at ep- the concert episode. Oh my God. The junior high band concert episode. <laughs> <laughs> so relatable. Dying. Like, I had to rewind it and rewind it and just like crack. Uh, just crying anyway yes well i my favorite scene is when they're doing the spice girl <laughs> yes and it, it's just <laughs> silly and weird yeah. and one of our scenes character is just hilarious it's ridiculous it's I'm ridiculous sorry. she should have won an emmy for it they both oh my should've. god they both really they should have i'm not kidding about that one of the funniest shows i've ever seen in my life me too i i wish they would she was interviewed everybody asked her all the time like please like more pin 15 and Mm -hmm. um she was like if we do anything it might be a movie like um they might do a movie but you know that would be perfect yes Anyway, I love her, so I was happy that she's in this in the new show, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It was supposed to be Phoebe Waller-Bridge, but there was some, like, creative difference fallout between Phoebe and Donald Glover, which I could see. I mean, they are two completely different, like, yeah. creatives, so I could see how that maybe would have clashed a little bit. Um, so I'm happy that she, like, got this role and you know, as a uh, co-lead with Donald Glover. Yeah. I um, think she does need more exposure because I she's so really too. great. She's fantastic. She's really funny. She can do dramatic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just different than I thought. It's not as high octane action as you might think it is. It's a little more like centered on, um, and it's not like the movie either, like all the, 
ideation, like all the different movies that have been out there about it. Um, uh-huh. It's a little more like interpersonal relationship between the two of them. And uh-huh. then they'll throw in like a case that they're working on that week. That makes um, sense. So it's just a little spin. It's different. I'm enjoying it. The verdict is still out for like my overall thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, I get that. Yeah. Um, also, Shelly, you told me to watch a particular episode of Bob's Burgers. I watched it yesterday and loved what did it. You think? It was total while you were sleeping. Like, yeah, so funny. Um, I'm so glad you watched it. Girlfriend. I also really liked the appreciated the pants shopping. Um, yeah, the dad's pants shopping. How right they're in like there. in it together. Yeah, just trying to. Get a good pair. Can you imagine Billy and Andy <laughs> no. in the store trying to get a good pair of pants? No, they would have come back with the same pair of pants, I believe. And it would have been Wranglers. It would have been, yes. But it was great. And then I just ended up watching like four more episodes just after It's that. hilarious. Um, oh, Shelly, the other animated show that we watched at your house, The Great North, um, yes. loved it, and we will continue it. Um, I've been that's what yeah. I've been watching this week okay. too. Okay, because it, I haven't seen them all. I've only mm-hmm. seen mostly the first season, so mm-hmm. anything after that's new to me. And yes. I'm just, it's so amazing. It I is. love it. Jenny Slate it. is one of my favorites. I love her. She cracks so me up. Yes. And Will Forte is one of my all-time favorite comics. I know. He he just, he <laughs> does not have any boundaries. No. Nope. But he always delivers it so innocently. Yes. And you're like, oh. I know. So <laughs> he's funny. He's great. He's underappreciated, I mm-hmm. feel like, overall in general. Like, he's solid all the time. Like, he was mm-hmm. always great on SNL. He never then- broke. Never, ever broke. I don't, I can't remember a sketch where he did break, but he. He and Chris Kattan were like, yes. you can't break them. Uh-uh. They're so wacky. Yep. <laughs> I liked his MacGruber sketches. Oh my God. MacGruber. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I liked those. What else? My favorite sketch watching? was with him and uh, Peyton Manning doing the dance in the. Um... Oh, yeah. Yes. Great, yes, great, classic, classic, yeah. Um, Shelly, have you watched anything else? I've I've probably watched. I know I've watched move some movies, um, but I just cannot think of it right now. Yeah. So, Shelly, what have you been watching? Well, I always watch my cartoons because I'm yes. an adult, so <laughs> I've I've always watched Bob's Burgers, but I've been catching up on The Great North uh-huh. when I've not been watching something intense. I, you know, I watch the movies, our movies, which are pretty Mm -hmm. dramatic and intense, both in their own right. Mm -hmm. And then I watched this movie called Cat Person Mm. on um, Hulu. Was it good? It was good. I'm intrigued by it. It's a thriller. The little actress, I cannot. She was in Coda. Yes. Yes. Amelia Amelia Jones. Yes, she was very okay. good. I and like then her. the guy that um, and I can't remember what he was in right now. Oh, I know he was in Succession. 
Okay. Um, and he's got like this real baby face. You know, he's real cute. He seems. You know, know who I'm talking, talking about? about? Nicholas Braun. Yes, yeah, Nicholas, Nicholas Braun. Braun. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he plays the antagonist. And it's just like looking at him, you're like, you're not a bad guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. It's it's unnerving. Um, it was very good. Okay. Um, and then I watched um, Dune oh, because I saw yeah. on Netflix that it was going away. Mm-hmm. And I've been meaning to watch it. For three years, yes. and I just haven't. <laughs> yes. So I watched it, and it, I thought it was amazing. Did you like I'm it? Mad at myself yep. that I hadn't seen it before because it does remind me a lot of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's like Star Wars meets Mad Max. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah, um, yeah I love then... Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac can he could sit and read the back of a jar the ingredients and i he was amazing <laughs> yes so yeah um the new one looks fantastic yes um, and i'm excited i didn't mm-hmm. i don't know if this is a spoiler but i mean it is three years old yeah i thought zendaya was like in it i know me too you know? she really wasn't she was in it like yeah. her face was but right. like i'm really interested to see her role in yes. this next one me too me too. Um, I think in in an interview she goes, they ask some reporter was like, what was the difference between um, this filming this one and the first one? She's like, well, I'm in this one. So I got to do stuff in the second one. So I'm really intrigued to see what happens. Yes. Um, me too. And it's a beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I like Star Wars. I like mm-hmm. some special effects. Sometimes it's hokey. Yes. But this one was really well done. Yeah. Like, it really, it, it was pretty. It caught, like, the landscape. Yes. And yeah. And, I think um, Timothy Chalamet is great. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I think he's a great actor. I hate that mm-hmm. he's dating a Kardashian, but he'll come to his senses at some point. I hope so. If he gets out of there um, sane, like. Yeah. He will he will come out a different man than he was before. Yes. I'm just a little disappointed in old Timmy. Well we we talked about this over dinner before the sh- before we did. the concert. Yeah. He's young. He's young. He's, and of he's course young. he's gonna if he had the opportunity, of course he's gonna take it. But I, I just didn't think he was waiting for him to like wake up. I just didn't think he was that type of artist or person. I feel like it I feel like if you you're going to date a Kardashian, well, that's kind of how I feel about Travis Barker. Because yeah. I, I love yeah. Travis Barker. Mm-hmm. I love Blink, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, they're, they're men. I'm I sorry. Know. That is very. I know. I just, I know what you mean. It's kind of like it insinuates a shallowness that you don't yes. want to think they have. Right. Because yeah. the Kardashians do come off as pretty vapid. Yes. I and mean, they're they not just... great for young girl's image no, and not. you know extremely dangerous i mean yeah. we don't have to get on the subject of this but i feel like they have done more damage to like girls self-esteem yep. and image and what yep. is expected and then like mm-hmm. pushing diet like pushing like these diet companies and p- yeah. like all this horrible dangerous stuff it's very dangerous um, yes so uh, anyway 
Yeah. Well, I'm glad you liked Dune. I remember watching it. Um, it feels because, you know, there's going to be more. I don't know if there's more after the second one, but it was definitely a world building mm -hmm. movie that we don't get much of anymore. Mm -hmm. Like just going in knowing that this is going to like set up the world. Mm -hmm. um, you have to build this the world and the backstory and stuff. So uh -huh. I think it was really great um, in that way. And beautiful, beautiful movie. Well, in the cast, like every turn, I was like, oh my God, they're in this. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. It's a very good, amazing cast. Yeah. yeah. And I just feel like it's not, I, I think with a lot of sci-fi, mm -hmm. it's easy to go hokey. Yeah. Like it's just a turn away from mm -hmm. being a little hokey. Yep. And mm -hmm. this one, it, you don't feel that at all. It reminds me very much of Mad Max in that way where it's like yeah. mm -hmm. quality art. Yes. Agreed. I agree. I'm, I'm glad you got to that. Yeah. I'm uh, looking at my movie list that I have watched on Letterboxd. And I have one that I want to mention very quickly. Yeah. Very what quickly. is it? It's called Polite Society. It came out last year. It is on um, Prime, I believe. It's uh, directed by a lady named Nita Manzoor. And it was an Indian, um, like, British film. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, like, a shock. Like, I was shocked at how much I love this movie. Um, but it's about two sisters, one's in high school, one's a little bit older, like kind of in that aimless stage of like, she mm -hmm. went to art school, uh, art school didn't work out for her. So she's back home. Um, she gets in that uh, stage. Yes. <laughs> so she gets a kind of, you know, arranged marriage, a little bit uh -huh. of set up marriage, but her younger sister has these aspirations of wanting to be a um, stunt person in the movies. Oh, so. wow. That's like added in there, like all this stunt stuff that she's that's like cool. training. And you know, in school, people laugh at her and think she's a joke, and that's all she wants to do, all she wants to be. So, anyway, she kind of uncovers this plot of the evil family that her sister's been set up to get married. Um, and so, Ooh, that's just so like good. unravels, and they throw a lot of like Bollywood. Uh -huh. like uh, homages like they had a little musical number it was kind of uh you know they just throw that they throw the the musical numbers and then like the action sequences in there so it was just like a delight so what's the name of it again polite society polite society on amazon yep. okay yes 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 that is a you'll, must watch you'll and have it'll a make you feel time. good yes you will feel good you'll have a blast watching it um the girl some people might know Rita. Uh, what is her name? Ritu Ara. Um, like I've watched her in. I may like see her face and recognize yes. her. Umbrella Academy. She was in. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So some you might know her, but the rest of the cast is great. And it's, anyway, it's great. Anyway, I wanted to mention that one. So. Well, and one of the say. girls that is in. Um, you know the new uh, Coen Brothers movie. Yeah, um, she was in that Cat Person. Um, oh, she was. Movie. And I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, let's see here. But she is in that movie, 
um, Driving Away Dolls. Which I'm um, dying to watch. Beanie Feldstein. I cannot wait. Let me get to IMDb. Sorry, guys. Let me get. I've got. Okay. Geraldine, this. I'm going to butcher her name. Hold on. Yes. Geraldine Viswathan. This uh, Viswathan. Uh huh. Yeah. Geraldine Viswathan. Yes. So she was in um, Cat Person. Cool. I'm going to watch friend. that. I want to watch that. And then I kept seeing her when I was looking at this stuff for Drive Away Dolls. Uh huh. Um, with Margaret, Margaret Qualley, too. I really yeah, like her. I do, too. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie looks amazing. I cannot wait. I can't either. Do you know that I have learned so much about um, Ethan Cohen? Did you know, Shelley, from the press for this movie, that he and his wife have a, like, they are pretty open about their marriage and they both have other people. Like, they no. have an open marriage. And I his wife. No idea they had an no. open marriage. <laughs> his wife, who co wrote this movie with him, um she's like pretty much a gay lady she has a partner that's a woman she's lived as a lesbian so they've got some sort of like arrangement that is interesting and more power to them yes and this, i couldn't live i couldn't do that no, i couldn't either but everybody kept asking ethan cohen like oh cohen brothers making a lesbian movie like what the heck um and so it's all come out now you know she helped co-write this and it's you know she's got trisha, a lot of uh trisha, voice. Trisha, yes trisha, trisha what uh gosh i i don't i can't remember we're so professional we really are um let me see here hold please, hold, please people because Trisha Cook, yeah, I was right. Yeah, yeah, Imagine Trisha that. Cook, you were right. Anyway, so her voice is in this movie a lot. So it's the combination of him and her um, for this movie. So I'm, I'm for it. Totally for it. Well, it just, it looks hilarious. It looks like a Coen Brother mm-hmm. movie, which obviously I'm going to love. And then it's got um, the three ladies that are amazing. Yeah. Plus Pedro Pascal. Plus him. I'm sorry. Uh, hello, Pedro. Beautiful <laughs> man. Love that he got drunk at the BAFTAs and oh, was so yeah. surprised that he's like, I, I thought I could get drunk, guys. You're like, yep. well, you're Pedro Pascal. Yeah, that was the SAG Awards, Shelly, and we watched oh. those. We watched Isn't them it? on Netflix. I thought that was the BAFTAs. Maybe it was both, but. It was probably the SAG Awards. He was surprised. I was surprised, too, because, like, succession actors have been winning all the awards. Mm -hmm. And so I think he thought, no way is he winning. But he did for the last He deserves it. He does. He was, yeah, he was. He's cute. We love him. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Shelly, I mean, we've almost talked for 30 minutes. We haven't even. We have. And I I was like, oh, I'm going to tell her about this other movie I watched. And I'm like, no. We've been talking for a straight half hour about nothing. Not really nothing, but just um, random. We've we've missed a week, so it's like we got to get caught up. Yes. Welcome <sighs> to our podcast. It's eight hours long. 
Um, <laughs> yes. Just kidding. Listen to us and speed, like speed us up. Okay. Yes. You can do that. Well, I will try to be brief with what okay. is not a brief movie. No, it's not. It's such a good movie. Um, I was telling Andra before we started, 2007 was like, so the Oscars of 2008 was my favorite, mm-hmm. like one of my favorite Oscar years. Yeah. Um, the nominees that year were just phenomenal. This was one of them. Um, and let me get to the nominations for that year. But that was the year where I moved in with my aunt and uncle and started watching uh, Connor, who is now ah. almost 17. Wow. Thank you very much. Next month. Wow. Yes. And um, that year for Valentine's Day, they got me a ticket to the Grapevine Mills um, Cinemark. And it was a <laughs> ticket for the whole day. To just watch back to back to back all five Oscar nominations for I Best love Picture. That. And it was the best gift I have ever received. That's awesome. I Do they know you gift. or what? Do they know they, you? They did. And they were like, yes. you know what? So, and maybe I would feel this way if I had done that every year, but I really think this was just an amazing year for movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, hang on one second. I chose the wrong year. So this year, there was, of course, Juno, which we talked about. We did an episode. We did the episode on Juno. There was Michael Clayton with, um, you know, Sidney Pollack and Mm -hmm. um, George Clooney. It was was good. It was not my, my vibe. Yes. I think it was a very well done movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it just wasn't really my thing. There was Atonement, which is one amazing mm-hmm. movie. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. With um, Kira Knightley and um, James McAvoy. Mm-hmm. Then there was No Country for Old Men, of course, Coen Brothers, and yeah. There Will Be Blood, which is Paul Thomas Anderson. And Paul Thomas Anderson, I'm sorry, he doesn't do bad movies. And I feel the same way about Daniel Day-Lewis. If you watch a Daniel Day-Lewis movie, it is going to be the highest quality possible. Yes. And that may be kind of putting him on a pedestal, but he's just very, to me, he's very prestigious. And he, he chooses his work very carefully. He does. I mean, what he probably makes a movie every few years. Uh huh. Like if you, I feel like he's a lot pickier. He's um, very picky. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson has been nominated for eleven Oscars himself. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, Boogie Nights, Punch Drunk Love, um, a slew of music videos. And then he gets to be married to freaking Maya Rudolph. So, like, <sighs> I don't know. This guy won you, the lottery. I think so. Yeah. Um, and then Daniel Day-Lewis um, has won three Oscars. Mm-hmm. And he's had 94 nominations total. Not just what? Oscars, but just, like, nominations for all things. For all of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I love this movie. And this movie is, um, another reason I love this movie is because it's based off of Upton Sinclair's um, novel, Oil. Mm-hmm. And Upton Sinclair, if you're a nerd like me, you, you know who he is. He was, um, you know, a, a very important author um, in the 19, you know, early 1900s, really 1920 era. He wrote The Jungle. He always... He was he was very outright socialist, mm-hmm. um, and he always had this really good satire and spin on showing the world what the grind of the government machine was doing at that time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And oil was around the time of these big oil tycoons who were, you know, really they were starting out like. Um, Daniel did mm-hmm. in this movie, they were yeah. starting out as miners and yeah. prospectors and then start slowly started getting into oil mm-hmm. and really we, uh, weaseling their way in to that industry mm-hmm. in the quickest and sneakiest way possible. Yeah. And just, I find it fascinating how far like the, the amorality goes oh, and yeah. it, it's just mm-hmm. wonderfully spun yeah. um it, it's not only based on that um oil but it's also based on a pretty um real oil tycoon from that time mm-hmm. let me find his name um and he he was like someone that did all these same things like kind of weaseled his way in got very, very, very wealthy, Mm -hmm. did not care who he stepped on on the way. Um, and had a really slick tongue and that's just pretty much Daniel. Um, what's his his character? That's his character. Yeah. So this, uh, what was I going to say? Sorry. I'm rambling here. Um, I feel like watching this movie is like also watching the beginnings of the area that we grew up in in Midland. Like this, it is, is. This, this is was how filmed. Well, Midland this was filmed Midland. in Marfa. Yeah, and Midland, where we grew up, was a boom town back at this time. Because and why this else? is like this is watching the boom town. Yeah, watching a, a ranch where mm-hmm. these poor, poor farmers live. Yep nothing out in the middle of nowhere become this booming bustling town that makes this man millions and millions of dollars yep and (laughs) that is exactly where we grew up yeah living in it at the time we don't realize that no but it's just it offers a very different perspective it does to the origins of this whole area yeah, because why else? It's like, how did humans even come to this area? There's nothing for you out here. Oh, this is why a society was formed out here. This and the type why. of society that was formed. The type of society. The exactly. type of person. The type yes. of society. Yes. And I think this is yep. a very um, raw look mm-hmm. at just 
you know, you, you think in those biblical tones, it's like it's easier to get to the eye of the needle than to get mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven for a wealthy man because yeah, how did they get that some and I'm not speaking for everybody that's wealthy, obviously. <laughs> no. But when we are talking about the origins and the carving mm-hmm. out of our society, our capitalistic okay. society where wealth is king, yep. what are the links that people are willing to go? Mm-hmm. And who are they willing to sacrifice along the way? Yep. And do they really care? What kind of person does it take to get to this point? You know, we see it in The Great Gatsby. We see mm-hmm. it in all these other works of that time. Yep. And it's eerie how relevant it still is. So eerie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. But it it follows, you know, Daniel Plainview. He, he is a prospector in New Mexico, or he's a miner in New Mexico. He's from... Um, Wisconsin, but he finds himself in New Mexico mining silver. Then he strikes oil and decides to become a prospector. So he really builds his business. And while he's building his business, he's working on an oil well that he has dug. It's very manual. It's men down in the bottom, literally shoveling oil into buckets and it raising up on this this like big log thing. Yeah. <laughs> and during that, it, and it, it shows the dangers of oil. Yes. First of all, we it grew does. up around it. We know yep. people mm-hmm. that it, we know how hard, and that is in how modern hard. era. Yes. Like they're literally digging with shovels. Yes. And this big beam comes down and hits his, I'm assuming it's his partner mm-hmm. um, on the head. And his partner dies, but he leaves behind his baby. Yes. Who was literally in like either a basket or half of a suitcase mm-hmm. on this oil well yeah. that they've dug yeah. with some of the very first roughnecks. And <laughs> yes. I mean, so we see Daniel, you know, Daniel has a choice to, he could, he could have given the child up for adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, but he chooses to raise the child. I think mm-hmm. he bonds with the child. It's his only, and we really see throughout the movie, it's his only link to humanity is this yeah. child and his mm-hmm. son. Yeah, And that comes into play later, I think, mm-hmm. with what he did at the very end. Yeah, But, like, he doesn't want to admit any kind of weakness. Mm-mm. But he does use his, even though he does love his son, he still uses his son. Yes. For his advantage to get these, you know, Mm -hmm. people are much more willing to turn out their pocketbooks to a good man who Mm -hmm. has a family than just Mm -hmm. some man off the street. If you present yourself with a child, that softens Mm -hmm. you up to people. Of course, they're going to give you their money. And he just really, it's that time in America where there were literally tents, you know, being put out in the middle of nowhere and people could come and say they were whoever they were. Yeah. And you could, you know, it's like the snake oil salesman. Yeah. You could build a fortune. You could just be whoever you You wanted to be. 
you could just do it. If you were a man, you could just go. If you were a man. If you were a white well, if man. You, if the opportunity struck, you mm-hmm. could figure out how to be somebody. You could. And yeah. we see that with this man who, after he does become very successful and very wealthy, mm-hmm. this man comes and convinces him he is his brother that he's never met. But he, yeah. I mean, just that was fascinating because <laughs> you know that happened so oh, many yeah. times to so yes. many people. Oh, yeah. All these like phrases like the snake oil salesman. I mean, the wild, wild west. I mean, it was yeah. truly wild, truly. Well, and we really see the building of society at this time, too, in America, because you do see it's the, the beginning. It's the wild west. He's he's a miner. Then he strikes, strikes oil, becomes a mm-hmm. prospector. He's really clamoring his way up. Mm-hmm. And you see civilization kind of building yep. itself around that. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going from this dirt poor era. Yeah. After the Industrial Revolution to like, mm-hmm. this is our modern era. Yep. And I I thought it was fantastic the way they, they framed it. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Dono in this playing a pastor. Disturbing. When you think of these old tent revivals back in the day that they were definitely having. And you think of a false prophet. Mm-hmm. He is such an underrated actor. He mm-hmm. should have been nominated, I feel like. Oh, yeah. I just, he was absolutely amazing in this movie. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the evil, the way he just shows his evil. And it's like you've got these two different evil powers. Yes. With two different agendas mm-hmm. and two different games they're playing. Yeah. And you see how religion is shaping this part of society and money is shaping this part of society and they're at war with each other, but they got to work together yeah. because they both mutually benefit each other. And the, the people that are caught in the crossfire, the kids, mm-hmm. you know, his son goes deaf because he gets blown off an oil well one day. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, we see this other girl who gets, beat because if he doesn't pray right um daniel has his certain way of dealing with things which Mm -hmm. is needlessly violent but he'll do it because he's got a business to run yeah and um it's It's, a bleak movie Mm -hmm. but it's also (laughs) so um i don't know it's it's rich and layered, and it, it's, it's one that layered. you you have to like think about after it's over. Like really, like what did I? Yeah. Like what was that? Um, well, but the, it leaves you like the longer you think about it, the better it gets. You know that type mm-hmm. of movie. It's a like, slow burn. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn, and mm-hmm. um, you know. You, you want to root for him. You think he's going to be your protagonist, but then you start to realize that he's. He's just he's out for just, himself. That's he it. is out for himself. He truly only cares about money. Mm-hmm. His son That's comes it. as an adult and tells him he's going to Mexico mm-hmm. to, you know, start his own business there. And he gets insulted because 
Yeah. I really feel like that was his only bridge to humanity. And when his son was saying, I don't want to be around you, mm-hmm. like very clearly, he couldn't handle it. I mean, he left his kid on a train in that scene. He that just was put the, his... one of the hardest scenes I've ever had. I can't handle that scene. He left. And I think that kid remembered that. How could you not remember that? For the rest of his life. Like, that how could was, you not remember? How could you and not? And yeah. I don't care. And I'm not saying that parents are perfect. Parents are flawed. Parents mm-hmm. make decisions. But they, those decisions have consequences. And just because it happened a long time ago doesn't mean yeah. it's not incredibly detrimental to your child's health forever. Yes. You know? You could tell he hated him the second that happened. And then when he comes, when the kid comes back, even as a child still. Yeah. That, um, well, you, you saw the his hate. opinion of him change as yes. soon as, as, soon as like, you happened. saw his opinion of him change. Yeah. The respect just left and the he kid. decided yeah. to be a bigger, better person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he, he gets married. He's like, yeah. He's like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be you. I don't want to be. And that's really what he probably couldn't take. Yeah. Even though he didn't give him any reason to want to be like him. Mm No. Yeah. I mean, he's so good at just um, Daniel Day-Lewis's character. uh, The whole time, just like, are you a good guy? Are you a bad guy? And then as the story unravels, it's just like clearer and clearer. Well, and Uh, he is... He's a charming man. He's a good looking man. He's, uh-huh. he's a gentleman. He speaks very well. Speaks well. He, yes. Charms you want all the town folk. Very charming. Yes. You want to like him. Yes. But he is such a deplorable character. Totally. Really. And I love how Daniel Day-Lewis is so good at that because I mean, I always think of him as my uh, last of the Mohicans, Daniel. Yes. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. But if you watch, you know, Gangs of New York or this movie, he can, yeah. he is so good at just being one of the most <laughs> evil people yes, ever. Yes, totally. <laughs> totally. Um, so one of my quick facts real quick. Mm-hmm. This was obviously, this obviously came out in 2007 mm-hmm. and it was nominated in 2008 with No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men and um, There Will Be Blood shared a line on their filming lots out in Marfa, Texas. And if y'all have been out to Marfa, Texas, Mm -hmm. there's nothing there. Like, Uh -uh. that's why it's a perfect place to film both of those movies. Yes. Because they take place in a West Texas (laughs) wasteland. Well, I mean, There Will Be Blood technically takes place in California. Yes. Yeah. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm certain that West Texas looks like Southern California somewhere, you know, the, toward yeah. Mexico. Yeah. Um, it's just, there's nothing there. And do you think when, the cast ever like crossed lines and like hung well, out together? I think they probably did because when, when they filmed the scene where the oil rig blows up uh-huh. and just starts burning mm-hmm. the gas or the the flames and the smoke kept leaking over into the lot for there will be uh, no country for old men. That's so funny. And it they had to stall for like a day mm-hmm. and a half of filming because the smoke screwed oh, up their dang shots. It. Y'all are 
ruining my shots. Like, but I think it's, I think they probably, I mean, it's with these kind of directors, it's like you got the Coen brothers over here and you got Paul Thomas Anderson over here. Yeah. They seem pretty chill, you know? Yeah. They probably played hockey sack together or something. (laughs) I don't know. This is what I want in my head. Yes. I want that too. Totally. Yeah. Another famous film, um, this, if y'all know your film history, but the movie Giant was also filmed out yes. in Marfa, the James Dean, Rock Hudson, Elizabeth Taylor, mm-hmm. another like oil Very epic. important movie. Yes. Very important movie. Mm-hmm. And Marfa's, it's a pretty place. It's just, yes. it's very West Texas. Yeah. And, um, the town is cool. Like yeah, it's a very um, cool town. It's a very cool little artsy town. Uh-huh. Uh, it's an artisan community, and you can go is. stay out at yeah. Transpecos, mm-hmm. and uh, not Transpecos. Um, what's it called? Uh, Their Transpecos Music Festival is out there. Oh but yes, it's, yes, it's yes. called something else. I'll I'll think of it. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. That's, that's that's pretty so much there cool. will be blood. That was mm-hmm. not very brief. I know I just talked for thirty oh, minutes straight. Good. I mean, but there's a lot to talk about with this movie. So you have movie. you you said that time the Oscar like um, theater experience was the first time watching it at the theater. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was my first time watching, except for Juno because I had seen Juno. Mm-hmm. It was my first time watching the rest of those movies. And it was amazing. That's a great lineup. Um, Do you remember, like, which one was your favorite at the time of watching them? Like, out of all of those that year? I loved this one. Yes. Yeah. This one was probably, like, my most, I was like, oh, my God, that was insane. Yeah. And then um, I loved... No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. Different kind of insane. Yes. <laughs> and then Juno. Yep. Yeah. Because. Juno's Juno. It's Juno. And then Atonement, I thought, was a beautiful movie, too. Yes. I liked Atonement. Um, do you have a favorite scene in this movie or the most impactful scene in this movie? Oh, uh, there's so many impactful scenes in this movie. I think one of the most impactful is when we see Daniel kind of caves mm-hmm. and because he needs Bandy's land yeah. and he's shot the man that was proclaiming to be his brother. So he kind of has to bow uh-huh. to Eli Paldano's character and he basically humiliates him in front of the church. Yeah. And after that scene, mm-hmm. I think it was after that scene. It was around that scene. Yeah. I want to mm-hmm. say, I don't know. I could be wrong. That's a good anyway, one. When Daniel Day-Lewis's character, Daniel, he's just watching Eli uh-huh. and plotting. And then Eli is having the church built behind him. And he's like practicing his sermons. Uh And it's like, he's practicing, he's like rehearsing. And it's like, they both have these sharp devil tongues. Mm -hmm. They just have different ways of delivering it Mm -hmm. and getting what they want, which is just money. Yep. And (laughs) I was like, this, it's great. 
the way they just play this back and forth game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The contrast between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so good. So well done. Um, <laughs> Shelly, do you identify with any of the characters in this? Movie? No, thank God. <laughs> no. I really, no. I don't have that kind of drive. I uh-huh. wish I had that kind of money. I know. Same. But thankfully, I think the Lord has blessed me with some scruples. Yes. <laughs> yes. That is, at, they're the most unscrupulous people. They are. Yes. It would have sucked to be a woman at this time, by the way. Like, I wouldn't yeah. like it. Well, I mean, all. how many women were in the movie? Like, you see. Like, you see them in the background. They're, that's their purpose. Like, Mary yep. has a little part. He takes a liking to Mary because it makes mm-hmm. him look really good. Yes. You know? Right. And, yeah, but that's she it. Had, I think she was the only that had she a had couple of speaking She had a major lines. female yeah. role. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which just uh, says so much. It does for that time period. Um, who stole the show? Ooh, that's tough. Well, I mean, it was Daniel's movie. Yes. But Paul Dono and Daniel Daniel Day-Lewis even told him, he was like, he was so good. And he was supposed to just play Paul, the brother Paul that comes and seeks him out. And then um, Paul Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson Mm -hmm. was like, no, he's, he's too good. He's going to play. They rewrote him as an identical twin so he Uh, could be Eli. And he had a week to learn that part. Whereas Daniel Day Lewis had a year to learn his (laughs) part. And so I think Paul Dono, he just did such a phenomenal job of looking like, like he was a psychopath. He was mm-hmm. he was very calm and meek and mild manner when he needed to be, and yeah. then he turned on the you know, great the um what word am I looking for? The, you know, like the a, holy roller. Yeah, holy roller. Speaking of yeah, it's like crazy very Pentecostal, Pentecostal. You know, minister because yeah. he knew exactly when to turn it on, and then the dichotomy of him and. Daniel Day-Lewis, when Daniel's character was like, I'm not, you're not fooling me. I see through your bullshit because I am a bullshitter. Yeah. You can't bullshit the main bullshitter. Game, recognize game. Well, right? and just to the very bitter end. Yeah. Like where he beats him over the head with beats a freaking bowling pin. Yeah. Yeah. That was an intense, because you don't see Ooh. that coming. Mm-mm. And I, I need to find the guy that his character is actually based off of who did own like he was an oil magnate Uh um but he he used that same um shake milkshake speech Uh in congress because he was accused of bribery of you know officials which is very characteristic of daniel plainview here Yes. Do you think he stayed method for the whole year as a snake, like as a oil salesman? I know he's method. I don't know. I know he's method. I I, he wonder. very well could have been because he is very method. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he wouldn't go insane or drive everybody else I... around him insane. Yeah. 
I don't just one of the most evil. Yeah. Imagine taking that with you mm-hmm. and, and living method that way. Like, yeah. The teapot um, dome scandal is what the guy was, um, and I, I'm trying to find his name. He was accused of um, bribery, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, private oil companies at low rates with without competitive, competitive bidding. Interesting. Just making money hand up. Edward Doheny. I'm not saying Edward that right. Doheny. Um, Doheny, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, Shelley, has this movie aged well? I think this movie has aged very well. I maybe think it's even... very relevant. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was yeah. 07. Um mm-hmm. I think it was relevant then. I think it's very, very relevant now. Even more so, I feel. I mm-hmm. feel thing with the craziness. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, Shelly, you know, that was the first time I had watched that movie, this movie. Can you believe that? Really? Yes. Well, I mean, it was my first time I had watched The Favorite. Okay. But um, I'm surprised you hadn't seen this one before. I know. I... I don't know why, like, 2007 was a bit of a blur in, like, personally mm-hmm. year. Same. So I did not get to the theater much at all this year. Oh, I wouldn't have seen these had I not had that ticket. Yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah. So I just think I missed it. And then, you know, it's just one mm-hmm. of those ones that you don't, I don't know, you just miss. So, um thoroughly enjoyed this pick of yours, Shelly. Thank you. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad you got to see it because it's, yes. it's not an uplifting movie, but man, is it, it's, it's kind of like Citizen Kane and then it really makes yeah. a statement. Yeah, I, I agree. I wouldn't recommend watching it when you have the flu, which we did. We did. Yes. So if when you're feeling good and healthy and you haven't watched this, watch it and then yes. you can you can watch the favorite for a little comedy. Um That's that's exactly what I did. Yes. I watched this yeah. one first and then I watched mm-hmm. the favorite and I I loved the favorite. Did you love loved it? it? Absolutely loved it. I love it. How can it. you not with those women? I know. Oh, it's so good. Um Okay, so let's let's get into the favorite, shall mm-hmm. we? There's there's a lot to discuss, but I'm going to try not to ramble. So I talked way too long. I'm so sorry. No, you you did not. So if I'm rambling, shall you give me that look, and I'll be like, okay, done. Okay, favorite 2018 is when this movie came out. So I feel like this might be one of our more recent movies, mm-hmm. possibly. Um. Okay, I'm going to just read you a brief synopsis here first, because there's a lot to discuss with this movie, but let's just do the storyline. So it is loosely based off real people, and I'll get into that here in just a minute, but it's early 18th century England. War England is at war with France. Um, this is a great story. This is a great synopsis. Anyway, never, nevertheless, duck racing and pineapple eating are thriving. A frail Queen Anne, who is played by Olivia Coleman, occupies the throne, and her close friend, Lady Sarah, played by Rachel Weiss, 
governs the country in her steed while tending to Anne's ill health and mercurial temper. When new servant Abigail, played by Emma Stone, arrives, her charm endears her to Sarah. Sarah takes Abigail under her wing, and Abigail sees a chance at a return to her aristocratic roots. As the politics of war become quite time-consuming for Sarah, Abigail steps into the breach to fill in as the queen's companion. Their burgeoning friendship gives her a chance to fulfill her ambitions, and she will not let women, man, politics, or rabbit stand in her way. So, there you go. There's the synopsis. Um, so good. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, Yorgos Lanthimos directed this, and uh, if y'all are up on y'all's Oscar for this year, he is nominated again for another Emma Stone collaboration with poor things um love emma i love emma um this was her first movie that she did with like a british accent um if you can believe that didn't she um i like your yorgos lanthimos he's not Mm -hmm. i don't think he's like he's definitely not a mainstream filmmaker that i don't think he has a very indie quality to him he does and he has a very specific type of movie that he makes uh i loved the lobster um did you see Mm -hmm. the lobster i did um i loved um killing of the sacred Sacred deer deer yes um Um, with uh keo barry barry keo yep barry keo from saltburn yeah nicole came in and um uh yeah colin farrell again yep from the lobster Yes. Um, so I I will get into some fun facts about the movie. I feel like he has that same quality that Wes Anderson has. Mm-hmm. He is yes. not afraid to be very, very quirky, very, very artistic. Like, he's going to make a movie that looks a unique certain totally. way. Yeah. And I think it's really cool. I like his stuff. He has such a very, he's just a visionary in his style mm-hmm. and like every, the looks. The dialogue, the style, yep. mm-hmm. the way he shoots. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the aspect ratio is just kind of off this whole movie and you feel like you're looking up a yes. lot. Yes. He deliberately did that. He did the fisheye um, mm-hmm. camera, which I think he used like a Loved six six millimeter fisheye camera which Mm -hmm. by like expert standards that's the biggest ratio wide ratio that a camera like can go and a lot so cool with the setting yes like a lot of the in the movie you'll have the fisheye view as an audience you're like looking in on just these rooms like these lavish rooms um, and you see our characters that are in in the rooms, and he did that very purposely because he wanted he wanted the audience to feel like um, these You're characters the are are trapped in a way, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it's very intimate, like each yes. scene, and you can have this outdoor space where they're shooting pigeons. Yes, but yeah. it's still you still feel very close to the characters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he did a lot of like walking shots where you'd see the characters walking through this huge mm-hmm. room, you know. Um, Elaborate. Yes. Uh, 
like the um he works with Sin- uh, sandy powell who's like an amazing costume designer won oscars and works on every great movie um she designed all the costumes after that there's a shot in the they filmed in an actual like oh gosh i had the castle up here anyway they filmed in an actual historical um place um and there's a room in there that had black and white tile and they filmed uh, the costume designer wanted to match all the costumes with the black and white tile so that's why it's just black and white most of the costumes like even the bunnies in the movie mm-hmm. in the movie are black and white like it's that's just a the style that he wanted to go for um it's almost like the red queen in alice in wonderland yes vibe. yeah um a couple of things the screenplay was actually written about 20 years ago by a screenwriter named deborah davis so she as i said this is based on the real queen anne real mm-hmm. sarah and real abigail and they wrote letters and so there's a collection of letters and so she wrote the screenplay after the letters that she had um but of course in 1998 <clears throat> when she was trying to sell the script um they they kept coming back to her she said that there are no studios that would be interested in pursuing this script because mm-hmm. let me give you the quote <clears throat> due to the lack of significant male characters in the historical love triangle between three female leads studios were like wait a minute this is like lesbian activity going on um people are kind of like like who's gonna watch this and who wants to watch this i don't think we can sell this back in 1998 so script is written come yargos lanthimos love the story and so he brought in tony mac mcnamara to kind of like freshen it up and punch it up a little bit um and he wanted to make this back in 2013 um he gets stuck i think working on maybe the lobster but he starts casting like in 2014 and olivia coleman was the first to be on board fabulous Um, first one back in 2014 And he is very, like, he has said in interviews, he's like, I know who I want cast in my movies, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get these people. And Uh he was not sold on Emma Stone at first, like, not at all. was not sold because she's not British. He wanted British actresses, like, and was worried that Emma couldn't do it. Couldn't pull it off. Couldn't pull it off. But as you see in the movie, she pulled it off. She's professional. She is. I mean, they're working on, I think, you know, they made poor things. I think they're already signed on to do another movie together, both of them. Like, so. And Emma Stone worked. You know, the first time I saw Emma Stone was in Superbad. I know. And I know. And now look at her. Look at her now. Now I mean, how many Oscar nominated movies has she been in? A lot. Like, she's become. I feel like she's become one of our like best she last movie stars in a way. Uh-huh. Do you know? She's like, a starlet. She, she is. really is. Like yeah. She can do comedy, she can do fun, but mm-hmm. she is a she is in some really kind of like Gail Day Lewis, like some yeah. really prestigious yeah. pieces and very artful 
Mm-hmm. She's, I, I feel like she is not afraid to go to that artistic place. She's not. In fact, because you brought that up, there's a scene in the movie um, where she actually shows her breasts, right? She's mm-hmm. never done, she's never done nudity like that before, but she was like, <laughs> so in the moment of filming that scene, she was like, I just felt like, do you know the scene I'm talking about yeah. where Rachel yeah. walks in on them after like she a night catches of, them, yeah. catches them uh, for the first time. And so she was like, I just feel like this would be a big F you to her. Like if she saw me naked yeah. like in the bed. And yeah. so it's palpable their, their um, rivalry with each other. Yes. And it's like all in polite society. Yeah. How bitchy can I be to you without yes. coming out and being an actual bitch? Yes. I'm just going to flaunt it in front of your face. Yes. Um, totally. I think this movie deals a lot with just like kind of like in there will be blood. It's like the power structure of the time, um, the class system of the time, Um and how that made Emma Stone's character desperate just to be out for herself because she came from, she wanted just back in the aristocrat like society because she had been stricken. The game that these people are willing to play. Yes. Just to be in, in relation to power. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. like Queen Anne, bless her heart. Oh, just tragic. You know, she doesn't, yeah. she'll do whatever she's told. Yeah. But yeah. she's she's sick, she's and she sick. she makes herself sick. I mean, I just think of her eating that cake. I but know. Like, so there's some she's like so unwitting. You know what I mean? I know. Yes. There's some fun like fun facts about the real people that I want to just kind of like yeah. briefly yeah. mention if I can get through this quickly. So the real Queen Anne, she ruled England, Scotland, and Ireland, and she. Began her reign in 1702, became the Queen of Great Britain and of Ireland. The two realms, like, formed a, a sovereign state in 1707. Um, she maintained that position until she died in 1714. Um, some people, like historians, described her as just being a little bit simple, but um, some other histori- historians are like, she was actually, like, using that as a tactic really Mm. um she was plagued by health problems and like you can see in the movie olivia coleman plays this but she had like a thing called um uncontrollable eye watering called defluctuation and then she had gout um gout rendered her immobile and led to the long 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 struggle with obesity um when she died, it took like 14 people to carry her coffin because she, I mean, she literally could not be physical at all after a while because she's mm-hmm. just in pain. Um, in the movie, she mentions that she lost 17 pregnancies, lost 17 children. And so she's got 17 bunnies uh, to represent each of the children. Um, it is true. She lost 17 of her children, but there were no bunnies in real life uh but losing bunnies i did too i thought that was a great like uh way to acknowledge i like the bunnies and i like the way both 
Abigail and Sarah approach the bunnies differently. Yes. Yep. Yep. You know? Me too. Yeah. And at the very end of the movie, there's a scene like, you you know, Emma Stone's characters, she's mm-hmm. one, essentially. She's one. She's the last one remaining. And you see she's her almost, she's the favorite. She almost squishes a bunny and like... Um, Olivia Coleman, Queen Anne senses that like in a state of like just like being asleep and so she uh-huh. kind of she does the same to her at the end of the movie that's like the ending shot is like squishing her do you like that end uh-huh. shot yeah I love that um, so Sarah played by Rachel Weiss, her character Sarah Churchill they were her and Queen Anne were like friends very, very early in life, like 1670s, like 13 year old met like eight year old Anne. And so they really did have a relationship that was like they loved each other. Sarah really did pull the strings a lot. She um, really kind of ran the show, if mm-hmm. you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that in the movie, just how yeah. influential she was for the time. Um, she was definitely like in real life, she put country over herself. And mm-hmm. I think they, they showed that great in the movie too. She was a diplomat. She was a complete diplomat. Um, like but her they, husband was the figurehead, but she was the one doing yes, the work. Totally. Totally. Um, so she she essentially controlled the king. Um, the real Sarah Churchill, Winston Churchill, is like an ancestor of hers and like Princess Diana, too. So like the real one, like it's pretty cool that those are her ancestors. Um, it's wild. Yeah. And then Abigail, Emma Stone's character, did, she was the cousin of Sarah. They knew each other much longer than in the movie, like, previously. But she, like, Abigail's character, she did come from, like, the bottom and worked her way to the top. So she did, like, land the bedchamber position after being, like, a servant. Um, So, I mean, all of that, like, she rose up and all that in the movie is, is pretty accurate. Um, Abigail wielded her influence a little bit different. And I think again, mm-hmm. in the movie, they showed that like how Emma Stone's character great. Um, did that. But the, at the end, like their downfall and the whole split between them really did happen when Abigail got married to um, what's his name? Um, the guy that she married, yeah. Samuel Masham. 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 Yeah. And then Queen Anne gave her like a present of like $2,000. Um, and Sarah found out about that because Sarah's like the keeper of like, it, it was called the money. The, previ- the money. Yeah. Um, so that began the downfall of both of them <clears throat> in real life. So like there's some, it's not like, certain that they were all gay and sleeping with each other they wrote letters in a very loving way like the the language that they used in the letters was very like sensual and erotic and stuff but some historians are like that's how women wrote to each other back in that time um so of course some people are like nah they didn't and then there was rumors started back in the day um 
the you know Queen Anne's um, getting her little groove on in the dark, you know, with her bedchamber people, you know. But she was married, seventeen, like yeah. kids. <clears throat> she was married to one of her cousins. <laughs> really? Yeah. King George was it? King George? Mm-hmm. Yes. Y'all, I don't. I don't remember ancestry. He he was <clears throat> one of their cousins. Wow. I know her sister married their first cousin. Mm-hmm. And they ruled before Anne. Wow. And then That's Anne cool. ruled because they died, essentially. Right. Yes. She was next in line. So, yes. Yeah. And because she was the one that was always sick and yep. mm-hmm. wasn't well. And I do no. think they preyed on that. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. Marlboro probably had, they probably had a genuine relationship. Mm-hmm. Abigail did more of the use, but I do think they both used her for their benefit. Yes, totally. I think so too. Um, I mean, Sarah had so much power in that position, mm-hmm. but you know, it like her character is so interesting too. And Rachel Vice plays her character so good. It's like you can see there's love there, mm-hmm. uh, and she's so she's rude. A mother. She's mothering her, mothering rude says she's honest to queen anne and some of the scenes are hilarious i love like, you look like a badger you look like a badger yeah. i was like oh my gosh she did not <laughs> she did. She's like, are you gonna cry like yeah damn girl you're a bitch she is yeah <laughs> but i also love like when Emma Stone's character Abigail starts being around more and, and the difference between like that hot chocolate scene, um, you want hot chocolate and Sarah's like, Oh no, you can't have hot chocolate. Uh-huh. Um, and have, she's like, why not? And then she's like, fine. She's such a child. <laughs> she is. Well, and just the way she has yeah. those out, I feel like that's probably very accurate. I feel yeah. like she probably, this is me just mm-hmm. conjecture. She probably had some kind of mental issue. I mean, she was in bed her whole childhood. She had smallpox. Mm -hmm. You know, that from a very young age, she was Mm -hmm. sick. And she would just, she'd be fine one minute and then fly off the handle and go into a screaming fit and demand something the next. Uh And it's like, I feel like that is very accurate. (laughs) I think so too. Very accurate. Uh, And you see... Sarah mothering her and being very harsh and direct. Mm-hmm. And then you see Abigail being very loving and sweet mm-hmm. and giving her the other side of that coin. Yeah. And I, know. I feel like Anne played them off each other. And she did. She did uh-huh. say, it. she's she like, did. well, is it working? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Olivia Coleman in this <laughs> character too. She's just fabulous. Um, you really like laugh at her. like she's very funny, but then at the same time she'll break your heart in another scene because she's you feel so... sorry for. Her. Yeah, she's because you're like oh. miserable. She's in pain. Yeah. She's in misery, and like Rachel is the is the one that uh, no Rachel Sarah is the Rachel Vice. Sarah is yeah is actually the one that's trying to like keep things together. But like she, the queen doesn't has any idea what's happening like politically there's two sides yeah um the the two like the men in the movie nicholas the Tories and the wigs the Tories and the wig yeah Tories and the wigs 
Nicholas Holt plays um, hilariously. Underrated. One of the best actors of our time. I love Nicholas Holt. He is so good at playing just a little bastard. You (laughs) want to slap him across the face. Yes. He's trying to get in favor and sees an opportunity to get in with Abigail um, to get the queen to do, like, to vote for. Was he on the Tory side? He was on Tories. Yes, he was on the Tory side. Um, And so he sees that um, as an opportunity to move, essentially, you know, but the queen has no idea what's happening politically. Um, You you really sits her, like, especially when she gets up to talk to people, you feel she she has no clue what the hell she's doing and you feel for her. I know that one scene where I think they ask her a question and she can't answer it. So she (laughs) faints. She, she, oh my god, god, I wish I could do that every day of my life when something happens. It's like, I'm gonna faint. (laughs) Ah, so funny. She just like acts like she fainted. It's so great. Uh, It's such like, talk about a dark time in history. 1700, everything had to smell bad. I mean, I know you've got just. It's just yeah. not, it's a bleak time. Very bleak. And the story is really sad. But yeah. the way they do it is so funny. Like, they just weave in the funniest little details. It's and like, you find yourself cracking your eyes. Oh, it's like punk in a way. It's like, yeah. it's punk. It's a. Uh, it's the way like, they dress is very avant garde. Yes. Like, Sarah, yes, like Rachel's costume, yep. she's almost mm-hmm. always wearing pants. Yes. Looking so splendidly hot. Rachel Weiss is. Uh huh. Well, she has all. that very masculine presence. Yes. And then you've got yeah. Abigail on the other side who's always wearing pretty things, has her yes. hair up. You know, she's so feminine and dainty, uh-huh. and but really, she is the one that is scheming the most. I feel like she is the one that is secretly scheming. Her. The most, yeah. Um, but, you know, in the disguise of somebody that's just so beautiful and so dainty and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but again, I, I feel like that class system that was back then, you know, that's around today. But I feel like back then it was like, you know, you are like nothing if you had, if you're not in royalty, you know. Like well, it's you, just you're very... Nothing. Blatant. <laughs> like I feel like today it's much more civilized. You don't really yes. talk about it, but uh-huh. you know it's still there. But back yeah. then they didn't give a shit. They would just talk about no. it. And be like, I'm sorry, you're out. Goodbye. Yes. Run along. Yeah. yeah. Um <coughs> so just a couple of Oscar trivia about the movie. Um, this is the only the 19th film in history, Oscar history that produced three or more female acting nominations for a single film. Um, So, like, a lot of people compare this movie, and I see the comparison to All About Eve um, in the the story, you know, with the young ingenue coming and, Uh you know what I mean? I love All About Eve, too. All About Eve is classic. Yes. So, um, this movie... For the 2019 Oscars, this is a great Oscar year, too. Let me let me go through it. 
Um, it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. I think the big one that won, like the one that won was Olivia Coleman won Best Actress mm-hmm. uh, for this role. So she was up against Yalitza Aparicio for Roma. Oh, yeah. I remember Roma. Yeah. Um, Glenn Close for The Wife. Lady Gaga, Stars Born. Love that. Yeah. Um, and then Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me, which I love that movie. Um, and then you had Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz both nominated in supporting category, and they did not win. I feel like when that happens, that tends to cancel each other out. I feel like it does because they're like, we don't want to. <clears throat> but how do you pick between those two? I know. Like how they, can you pick? They both offer such different but amazing performances. I know. Yeah. They were up. Regina King won that year for If Bill Street Could Talk. Um, and then Amy Adams for Vice and Marina de Tavera for Roma. Uh, let me, like, for directing, you had Yorgos nominated and then you had Adam McKay, Powell Pawlowski for Cold War, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, and then Alfonso Caron for Roma, which he mm-hmm. won. I love Alfonso. <clears throat> yeah. Um, best picture. Let me get. So this is the Green Book year, which has mm-hmm. become quite controversial. Mm-hmm. Really, Green Book won. I know. Um, I don't. I feel like everybody when it was not when it was announced, everybody was like, "Really, really, yeah." Everybody, yeah, was deflated. Deflated. You had Black Panther nominated this Black year. Black Panther had- was one of the best movies of that year. Yes, <clears throat> it was. Um, it groundbreaking in so many ways just mm-hmm. yeah and then you had black clansman bohemian rhapsody the favorite roma a star is born and then vice was nominated mm-hmm. so this is the year this is the year if y'all remember that lady gaga sang and bradley mm-hmm. cooper sang shallow on the oscar yeah. stage which i feel like is one of the best oscar i don't performances. i don't know anybody that could forget that performance oh so good so good and of course everybody speculated oh yeah they have to have and then like late you know lady gaga's like we're doing our characters it's a performance people yes it's a performance people lose their minds <clears throat> yes they do anyway that's I feel like I rambled about the you favorite, ramble. but the, there's again so much to this movie. It's so layered and textured and punk, and it's relevant for this time too. Like the the themes of this movie, I think um, it's very relevant. Um, I mean, you got this this world crumbling around them, but mm-hmm. you've also got them having duck races and yes, like, exactly, like throwing it, fruit at a naked guy because they could. Yes. While people can't eat, they're throwing exactly. fruit. You know, it's like. Yes. Uh, the, the cruelty of the time of these people mm-hmm. that are in positions of power. I think yeah. we definitely are seeing this rise again of that right now mm-hmm. in our time. Just basic cruelty to others mm-hmm. um, in our country and in our state. And so. Well, I, just the disbalance of power. Mm-hmm. and Yes, totally. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, do you did you see this in the theater? Yes, this is one that I like. Like we made a point to go watch in the theater. This was one I was like most excited about for this year. Um, 
how can I not be? It's a lesbian movie, lesbian themed movie with Olivia Coleman, Rachel Weiss, and Emma Stone. How in a Yorgos Lanthimos directed picture? I was like so excited about this movie and it did not disappoint. It did not. Yeah, I've seen it a few times since, and every time I watch it, it gets better somehow. Like, you catch more, and it just becomes even richer on, yeah. like, a second watch, third watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Do you, um? what is your favorite, what do you think your favorite scene is? Oh, there's so many. There are so many beautiful, amazing filmed scenes in this movie um i love for some reason a the bathtub scene where they're like in a dirt bath um rachel's character and Mm -hmm. queen anne there's some like happiness in that scene yeah but it's like one of the first times that emma stone's character abigail is around the two of them together uh, and so she senses, I think, in that scene, the connection that um, Sarah and Queen Anne have. Like, there's just that em- connection that they have, that that shorthand that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that scene. I love, like, the dance scene. Like, there's a party scene and the crazy dancing that's involved. The crazy dancing Rachel. has it for me. I'm like, this I is know. just amazing. Rachel Weiss said in an interview, you know, they all had to wear corsets and stuff and how just uncomfortable it is. So they had rehearsed a certain dance before the corset came on. But when the corset came on and they started filming, she realized quickly that she couldn't do um, Mm -hmm. the movement, how they had rehearsed. And so they had to quickly like just improvise a little bit. And that's like the scene that they got. It's like, amazing. It's so good. So good. It's almost yeah. like swing dancing. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Mixed with 1700s. Like, it's just wild. Wild. Um, okay. Who stole the show on this one? <laughs> Shelly, how can I pick? I don't how know. can I? I feel like they all equally, like, three co-leads female leads they all get their time to shine in this movie there's not one that like overpowers the other they all have their moments in this movie yeah Uh, yeah if if i had to pick i can't it's impossible for me to pick which one uh they're all three phenomenal how can you how can you pick would you be able to pick Shelly? I mean I'm always gonna go with Olivia Coleman. I know. But uh, I mean I also love I, I can't it's hard. It's Rachel, hard. Rachel Weiss had this like meanness and cruelty uh-huh. and so funny in her lines and the delivery that she had. Very quick witted. Quick witted. Emma Stone is just like Oh, she, I mean, she has to do a lot with her character, but mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman also has to, like, be in pain, but also she has to portray that pain uh, throughout the movie, but also act like a little spoiled, rotten child at the same time. Yeah. It's like, she's so good at that. <laughs> yeah. She's so good at being a little kid. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Like just taking fistfuls of cake and eating it. Yes. I'm like, and this it, is amazing. I know they show this in the preview, but I love that line where she <clears throat> is walking by a kid, like servant guy. And she's like, you're looking at me. Don't look at me. And then don't look at me. And like, he looks at her. I don't know. It's just some, the delivery that she's she just, has. The Are way you looking she at me? screams at people. <laughs> she's, she's like, what do you want? Yes. She's great. So I can't, you, I can't pick. Do you think this movie is aged well? Oh, yes. This movie is just a perfect, mm-hmm. perfect movie. Um, and I think we'll age like fine wine the, the longer we get out. a great comedy. Like, yeah, it is a really smart, smart mm-hmm. movie. It doesn't feel like a stuffy time, like it doesn't. You know, period piece. It feels of the time. It really, um, it's like the subject matter is pretty dark, mm-hmm. but you don't leave the movie feeling no anxious. You know what I mean? No. It's like, yeah, Mm-mm. you can laugh at everything that happened in that movie. Yes, you can. Because it's so ridiculous how true it is. Like, yes, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it ages perfectly, and I think it will continue to age. You know, there's a whole group of people that, like, you know, Poor Things is is up there on people's list, and they still need to watch Poor Things, like, so I bad. need to watch Poor Things, too. <laughs> but there's a whole group of people that rank the favorite as, like, their favorite Yorgos Lanthimos movie, um, even after Poor Things. So I don't know. I, I still need to watch Poor Things. I to, think, to find I think out. it's a great movie. I need to watch Poor Things too, but yeah. this is, I love this movie. I thought it was fabulous. I'm glad you liked it. Yes. I'm glad you did. Yay. We've had successful movie swaps. We have. We've had some good movies. <laughs> um, we have. Next week, mm-hmm. we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're not going to pick one movie. We've got, you know, we're leading up to the Oscars and Mm -hmm. next Tuesday is the, Mm -hmm. or yeah, next Tuesday when we record usually Mm -hmm. is the Tuesday before the Oscars on the 10th on Sunday. Yeah. So we decided we're going to come with what, you know, you know how everybody predicts the Super Bowl and talks about the Super Bowl ad nauseum for three weeks. We're going to do that with the Oscars. That's right. We get our our Super Bowl. That's right. I mean, we're going to talk about who we think is going to win, mm-hmm. um, who we think should win. Yep. Who got snubbed. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to, we won't go through, do you want to go through all the technical categories or do you want to do the big ones? I just think we should just stick to the big ones for time's sake. Ones. But, yes. you know, we've got some really big contenders and mm-hmm. there's some that I need to watch still um, yes. Yes, that yes. I really want to watch. Um, Oppenheimer as... is now on Peacock, by the way. Okay, so I need to watch Oppenheimer. I need to watch Past need Lives. Watch yes, you do, Shelley. I don't lives. know if Zone of Interest is available to stream. I, I that is what I really want to watch. I know, me too. Um, Past Lives has shown up. Where did it show up? It's on Paramount, if you have Paramount. Okay. Past lives is I have now. Paramount, yep. Peacock, 
Um, I need to watch Maestro. I think that's on what? Um, Netflix. That's on Amazon. Netflix. Netflix. Yep. Um, Anatomy of a Fall is on Amazon. And I need to find out where American fiction is. I really want to watch American fiction. Me too. I really, I really want to watch that one. I I saw Hulu posted that um, Anatomy of a Fall is coming to Hulu, but not until like the end of March. And I like made a comment. I was like, why don't you put that up before the Oscars? They want Come us to on. rent them. Yes, they, they want do. us to pay for them. I know. I mean, I I'm know. thankful that, um, you know, Maestro and Killers of the Flower Moon are on mm-hmm. stream, and Barbie are on streaming services I have. Yes, but yes. I need to find where to watch Poor Things and the Zone of Interest and Past Lives. And I know. Well, we'll past, share that. Let's see. Past we, Lives. We'll do you it. have a Paramount? <laughs> I have Paramount. Okay. You should be able to watch Past Lives. Peacock. Oppenheimer. Well, that's the big one I need to get to. Is yeah, I need to get to Oppenheimer. Yeah. Which, because it's going to win. Like, I'm already going to say this right and now. I, it's going to I know that it's not everything. what I want to win. I do love Killian Murphy. I think he's one of my favorite actors of all time. Mm-hmm. But I am, I do wish that there were room for others. There was to... room for others. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah, which which happens every year. It does. It happens. Yep. Yep. Especially every couple Oscars, there's a movie like that that mm-hmm. just kind of blows everything else Dominate. out of water. Yep. And then several years later, people are like, "Well, we should have given this one a chance." Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one's just Oppenheimer. This year's yep. Oppenheimer. Yep. But we're gonna get into our like what we want or should mm-hmm. win. So yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. We look forward to seeing y'all. Yes. We do. <laughs> uh. Well, thanks for hanging in there with us. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, Sorry and our about coughing our and our coughing. hoarse voices. Yes. But we will see you all next week. That's right. Thank you for listening. Thank as you. Always. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye.